Welcome to Cloudlandia. Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson. Well, well, well. Welcome to Cloudlandia. Well, it was a busy week for you, I know. You had your you had your I had my breakthrough blueprint in Orlando. That's right. And the first in person event in uh, six months. So yes, Yes. it was good. It was nice to do. So you have to you have to report back from the front lines. Well, it's it was interesting because we had about four fewer people than were booked with some it, the you know new Omicron some alarm bells into the world and some couple of people were concerned about coming down and getting stuck if there were then international travel bans put on getting back into into Canada so chose to uh, stay but then we had other three other uh, Canadians that were there and got mm-hmm. back safely with no problems. Well, there's Someone. there's actually probably more Canadians in Florida than there is in Canada. I bet that's true. And why wouldn't there be, right? I mean, it's just <laughs> recently. Well, well, you just recently well, got the ability to get out, right? Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, for yeah, Florida on the East Coast, and then you have, yeah, you know, you have Arizona, you have yeah. Palm Springs, you have Maui, yeah, yeah. you know, so Canadians are well represented in all these warm spots. Do you know what I always laughed when Gary Halbert once said that, you know, God gave us a sign that when places were suitable to habitate, to live in, he would put palm trees to make it safe, to let you know that it's safe to live here. (laughs) (laughs) So if you look around and you don't see palm trees, keep going south. You're not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's pretty funny. Well, you uh, have, uh, not too far from you, you have uh, Smyrna Be- Beach, which Smyrna, I, right. and I was doing a bit of, you know, internet internet jumping this week, and uh-huh. it's rated as one of the 20 most dangerous places in the world to swim. <laughs> Is that right? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They because have more the sharks. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, no. Shark, sharks travel long distances to have human burgers in, in Smyrna Beach. It's Michelin rated in, among the shark. Michelin rated, yeah. Among yeah. <laughs> the shark that come over here. But I think it's usually a disappointing experience because <laughs> humans are mostly gristle. <laughs> That's <laughs> very marbly. Sometimes you get the. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, you're sorry. After the first bite, you're sorry, you know. I mean, but what are those now, uh, seals? Now uh, on Cape Cod, uh, now there's yeah. an infestation of white sharks. You know, the serious sharks. White sharks yeah. are serious sharks. Yeah, and it's because they have a major sanctuary Seal. there for seals on okay. the right up the. Um, you know, Cape Cod is shaped like an arm you know, an arm and the elbow part of it. There's a whole sanctuary down there. If you look at it, look at the map and they go up and down the coast, seals do, and usually in groups anywhere from seven or eight to 20. And, you know, it's, there isn't a, there isn't a McDonald's that has a better location for sharks than that one. <laughs> That's funny. 
Yeah. That is funny. But we had a good time. It was good to be among uh, people. It was mm-hmm. a, so we had, we had eight instead of uh, 12, but it was mm-hmm. a, you know, it's a full immersion experience, which mm-hmm. was a, you know, it, that's the interesting thing that you get in the in person is all the in between stuff, the yeah. lunches yeah. The side, together, the and side the, conversation, yeah, side conversations, the yeah, after conversations, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, we. I was back in for two days this week because we're, you know, we're just getting people back in. We're starting the workshops in Toronto and Chicago in January, uh, according to the regular schedule. And then we're going to have makeup Zoom calls for those who don't make the trip. You know, Mm -hmm. so for 10 times, we'll have a a makeup near the end of January. We'll have a makeup. Workshop on Zoom, and we'll do the same thing for the free zone for those who can't mm-hmm. make it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but anyway, it's you know I grew up Catholic, and I was used to Lent. This is like a Lent that never ends. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, well, it's, uh, we'll see, it's, Dan. Uh, I mean, but how did latest, you like being back? Latest, I think this latest one is you know the Omicron. <laughs> Uh, whatever that means, the, Omic- the Omicron ominous. variant. Yeah, the Omicron variant has no deaths attached to it. Yes, in, in the US, mm-hmm. and and I think it's the very I think it's the variant that completely breaks the government's credibility if they go heavy on their you know ma- mandates, the back of the mask mandates with this one, because nobody's uh-huh. paying any attention to it whatsoever, you know, and uh, yeah, and uh, it gets to the point where they aren't enforcing, they aren't really enforcing it, so a law, a law that the, that is issued, but isn't enforced, diminishes government credibility. Uh-huh. Yeah. Plus, oh, none, none of the government leaders are demonstrating in any way that they're using the mask themselves for their private parties and private functions. You know, mm-hmm. uh, last week, governors and presidents and, you know, and legislature leaders all over the country are shown being mask-free in close-distance social events. So it's it's kind of entered into the ridiculous period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. anyway, I'm really torn about the, I'm really torn about the, you know, blocking, going on a blackout of all of this stuff in my life here, because, you know, we, we've talked about, I, I live in Florida and we have a lot of hurricanes and mm-hmm. in hurricane season, the thing that, we have now, of course, is the, you know, weather forecasting and the hurricane tracking and the projection of the cone of where the possible landings of, of hurricanes are. And for a week or 10 days before a hurricane is coming, they're tracking it with this cone that gets, you know, the possibilities of where it's going to land are wider so mm-hmm. everything in mm-hmm. florida you see many of these 
come and you, you get the whole state of Florida up up on high alert because the whole mm. cone is covers the state of Florida. And then through the Caribbean, of course, they paint the image of the hurricane as this red buzzsaw shaped uh, thing making its way, inching its way up. And the imagery of it and the projection of the timeline of everything is gets people all in a panic. And of course, the stores get emptied out and, you know, everything is, people are concerned about it. But the reality of it is that it's absolutely, you know, beautiful weather up until when the hurricane actually comes, even when it comes right through, it's, it's, you know, eight to 12 hours of Mm -hmm. blowing and big rain. And then you would never know the next morning that the hurricane had even come in terms of the looking up at the sky and, but people lose so much mental focus and energy with this, the, you know, full of cortisol from the, mm-hmm. and adrenaline from the negative anticipation of this. And I was thinking about how Omicron and all of these uh, things, all this news, it's just gets people on, on high alert yeah, if you really look at your yeah, own world. Yeah. Well, the the thing about that, I mean, on the good side of that observation is the fact that deaths due to weather or environment, depending on which word you want to use, are down 98% since 100 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to the 1920s, people used to get killed by hurricanes, uh, you know, and because they didn't have the tracking, they didn't have the warnings and people didn't make preparation. So my sense is that, you know, the scares related to environment don't have any, you know, that the environment's getting worse because of the reasons that the, you know, the environmental activists say is causing, but actually the one statistic that is really an accurate statistic in all countries, for the most part, are deaths caused by violent storms, floods, tsunamis. You have it, tornadoes. I mean, this week there's been over 100 deaths with tornadoes north of you in Kentucky in mid-stretch and that. But yeah. tornadoes are a lot trickier than hurricanes. Yeah, you can't see them coming. Well, they'll, they can pop up in two or three hours, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I mean, it might be just a windy and it's a violent storm, but when the funnels come down, then it's turned into the real thing. And that's far less predictable, far, far less predictable. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I mean, 8 billion people today because things that used to kill humans, you know, animal, vegetable, and, uh, you know, and weather conditions, we've gotten much more loop much more um, forewarned about these things than mm-hmm. than uh, as possible. But the mental state that it puts people into, that's another story. Yeah. That's what I wonder. Like, so I've been trying to weigh out the, you know, weigh out the, you know, a news diet or media blackout on those kind of things just to see the difference 
for me. I've been having, been making great strides in, you know, dopamine reduction. I just saw the other day I'm 20% down over last week on my you know, phone screen time on my phone. Oh, good. Due to, yeah, I've been, I go to a cafe in the morning here and I've been leaving my phone in the car and just noticing what a, what a different level experience, mm-hmm. like, you know, two hours of no dopamine, low, no connection is a much richer um, experience than two hours with the phone right there, able to check things or to, you know, mm-hmm. beeping with announcements and uh, you know, those kind of things. And so, yeah, because I've been thinking about your, you know, you said something a while ago, there's nothing out going on out there that's any more important or uh, valuable than what's going on in your own mind right now. There's, your thoughts are far more fertile, uh, you know, territory than any entertainment thing or anything that's going on. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're more, the they're certainly more, there's, they're, they're more accessible and actionable. Yeah, that's you know, what I mean. The, the mm-hmm. things that I'm actually talking about. Yeah, I, you know, I have a file where uh, I do quarterly books. And yeah. so I'll just think of an idea. And I said, that might be an interesting book. And I've got 30 or 40 titles yeah. stockpiled. And before I, go into every quarter, you know, I usually have something that's top of mind, but I'll go back and check the list of something I already wrote maybe yeah. six months ago as a better thing. But I just wrote down a title called uh, Didn't Matter, Won't Matter. In other words, and I said that, that I just go back and I check out in my life things that I really got uh, worked up about or I was worried about, but then when I actually had the experience, it didn't really matter that I should have gotten worked up about it, that I shouldn't have got bothered about it. And I, so I said, what kind of things in my history didn't matter? You know, but I was, at the time, I was quite exercised by them. I was, you know, I was kind of worried. I was anxious, uh, mm-hmm. whatever the term you want to apply to it. And they right. didn't matter. And I said, so if you, if I take that, past experience and apply it to the present and, you know, the foreseeable future, what won't matter, okay? And Mm -hmm. there's a very narrow band, I notice, of things that really do matter, and they all have to do with things I'm doing and people I know. In other words, Mm -hmm. uh, people I don't know, it doesn't it's it's never really turned out that it bothered me that much afterwards. Right. Okay, so right now, yeah. people that I don't know in the future, they won't really matter to me, okay? Mm-hmm. And and people said, well, you don't care about what's happening to people on the other side of the world? And I said, um, yeah, I would say that's true. I, I don't really care. And what I mean by that is I don't care about people that I have absolutely no connection to and there's nothing I can do to actually right. affect their lives one way or another. So, yeah, right, yeah, I don't really care. And they said, but no, I mean, you really care. I said, no, I don't care. I care about people I know. I've taken all mm-hmm. the caring in my tank, 
<laughs> oh, right. And I've disconnected it from people I don't know and it and focused it a hundred percent on the people I do know. Yeah. And people Which said, Well, boy, not, boy, I don't, I've never heard anyone who just doesn't care about that. And I said, well, there's a difference between caring and wanting other people to believe that you do care. Mm-hmm. De- signaling that you care, right. Exactly. Signaling. I see no, <laughs> I have not gotten any rewards and I don't see any future reward for signaling that I care about something I actually don't care about. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... So, yeah, so it's an interesting thing. And and yet, you know, the world goes on. Yeah. So it is interesting. So this is where, where I get torn by these is the, you know, the, the what comes with the overall awareness of what's going on is the, you know, your eyes only see and your ears only hear what you're looking for. Then I get to pop out and see things that mm-hmm. fit the VCR formula. And I see the patterns that lead to the thought that even identifies the VCR formula. Yeah. By being, I, I mean, I've, I pay a lot of attention to pop culture, to what, what's going yeah. on in the zeitgeist kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, one of the things, yeah. One of the things that. Sorry, Dan, you Yeah, I was just uh, talking. We were in, we started uh, this quarter's workshops not this past week, but the end of the week before. It's so Thursday, yeah. Friday, and I did three last week. So I've had five, uh-huh. five workshops, four, ten times in one free zone. And so we were chatting, you know, we were chatting and I think it was a lunchtime break. I was in one of the uh, breakout rooms for lunch and a person said, you know, so what's the, you know, the kind of biggest learning that you've uh, gotten out of the COVID period, you know, just since it uh, started. And I said, I think the, the biggest thing is not to react too much to experiences until you've actually had them. Mm. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. Because a lot of times... Yeah, and I said the reason is... uh, Anticipation. The reason is I found that my anticipation of things that hasn't actually happened has always been faulty. Tremendously faulty. Uh You know... So, for example, this week I was going through walkthroughs of the workshop rooms. So I went in and the team that does the complete setup for the workshop rooms. And because of the demand for people to come back to live workshops in, in January, several of the workshops are going to have to be at a hotel nearby. So we're using the one in the exhibition that built a new hotel over the last couple of years in the CNE exhibition. Okay. So, you know, it's going to be like 70 or 80 people. And according to the rules in Toronto now, we can have more than 36 in our big workshop room where we can actually put 70, you know, uh-huh. uh, we can put 70, but not under the 
current laws. And the same thing is true in, in Chicago. So we're going to be at the Sheraton, you know, going to be at next to the somewhere, you know, close by to uh, to the office in Chicago. And so, so I went in and people said, so how do you think it's going to go? And I said, I'll, I'll tell you after the after I do the first workshop. Yeah, right. <laughs> I said, I'm keeping my anticipation. I'm, I'm keeping my anticipation sensors dialed way down. And I said, I, I don't want to be rethinking something that isn't going to happen. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying about the, that's like the hurricane situation. If yeah. you didn't know it was coming, you just anticipate, you see that it's getting windy. Hey, we should probably head inside here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get to some safe ground that you don't actually, yeah, actual experience. One of, the, the, uh, one of the pizza chains, one of the huge pizza chains, I try and think there was an article written about three or four months that they have, they're the best indicator. And actually, the weather service, the government weather services in the United States use its pizza place to get a handle what's going to be necessary for government emergency relief and supplies because this pizza place has a better handle on it and they never close. Okay, oh, this so is Waffle House is what you're, I think you're talking Waffle about Waffle House. House. Yes. Waffle House, yes, yes. Waffle House. And, and they're known for never closing. Right. Never closing. And they go 24-7 normally and they just keep up their normal but they switch to a completely different kind of menu when yeah. you know there's a hurricane hurricane and they they have enormous they've done enormous standardization so that a person in one waffle house can go to any other waffle house in the United States and there's no difference in the routines and where things are located and what the layout is and you know and what procedures are for bad weather, uh, you know, bad weather times. And they were saying what a valuable service it is that this company has arranged things so that vast numbers of people who will never go to a Waffle House are actually benefiting from the intelligence service and organization that they've put together. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. There's so many great... uh, metaphors there, you know, in terms of, yeah, you know, what you were talking about and the anticipation of something is so that we can extend it probably by this huge amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a, yeah, that's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. I'm, I've been reading over the last two weeks, a series of novels by an author by the name of Andrew Watts. W-A-T-S, and they're called The War Planners, and he's creating about six or seven novels about a war that uh, the Chinese launch on the United States. And, you know, and you're going through, and there's a great deal of plausibility to the plot if, in fact, the that a country like China, planning this for 10 or 15 years, would be able to put things in place that a more complacent country like the United States 
which is just going about its business, but it's not really thinking through what would happen if uh, the weapons that the Chinese used are actually in their advanced stages and, uh, you know, the strategies. And it's, it's very plausible, but the thing that uh, I was thinking as I was reading these uh, novels, I'm on number five, I'm just starting number five, and, and I, I was saying it's interesting how novelists in the United States, and let's say the British, you know, the UK and other, can publish and get out into the public a very, very systematic way of thinking in the guise of a fictional story. And my sense is that would probably not be allowed in China. In other words, there were, there's no Chinese novelist who can you know, who can actually write a novel where the China is being attacked. And I was saying that it's kind of an advantage to have novelists, even if the situation that they're dramatizing isn't really real, isn't really plausible, because those novels can be read by the military officials and the political officials. And one of the big things that I hadn't realized, there is a weapon. The Russians have them, the Chinese have them, the U.S. has them, probably the Israelis and a lot of them, that are called EMPs. Do you know what EMPs are? I don't. It's called no. electromagnetic pulses. Oh, okay. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like an electron bomb that goes over, goes above and, you know, really high above, like 50,000 feet or 60,000 feet, that will just fry the electronics in an area hundred, hundreds of square miles be, be, below them, you know, to just take out major metropolitan area. And uh, just all the normal electronics just get destroyed, actually. They're not just set back, they're actually de destroyed. And I says, well, if that exists, then we're into a, we're into a completely different phase. Warfare. Yeah, and you wonder about that. Like, I often wonder, Dan, like now, this, you know, the impact of if there was ever an interruption in the, in the cloud, you know? Yeah, because we're would... all, I mean, everything that we depend upon daily um, yeah. uh, for convenience and comfort, that would be. Um, not available. So, right. And every time I re I have to tell you something really funny. During, <laughs> I read, I'm on my tech run right now. During these last 10 days, I've made five withdrawals from my ATM just to have cash on hand. <laughs> uh huh. Right. Exactly. You think you're like, okay, <laughs> better. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's an my interesting thing. My cards aren't going to be working, but I got a feeling that cash will still be, uh, you know, it'll still be accepted. And, uh, it's hard to uh, cash yeah. your, it's hard to trade your Bitcoin without access to. Yeah. Yeah. So, but is the internet now too big to fail in a way? Like, has it come where it's very, I mean, with satellite and with everything, is that actually a viable concern? As I was, every time I think that, I think it's so widespread that between cell towers and satellite links and, you know, cable telephone, all, all the different 
ways that we reach the internet itself that it would seem is it yeah. even a viable hypothesis or you know is it a scenario that could yeah. uh, that, that well, my, my preference is not to find out right exactly but I just wonder it is curious I mean it's uh, maybe it's uh, one of those I things that would be like the, the author of the series Andrew Watts said that when the war broke out, China China did this. You know that the Chinese actually uh, did this above the carrier fleets. So carrier fleets are all electronic. You know the yeah, and they have you know, um, dozen to fifteen different kinds of boats, but they're all you know the, their yeah. systems are all electronic. See, the you know the GPS. They put out the GPS because they know which satellites actually control the GPS system. And meanwhile, the Chinese had hit all their, they had built deep tunnels in the mountains and everything else. And so they put crucial equipment and crucial weapons inside the mountains. And mm-hmm. every, I mean, it's a, it's a complete, you know, it's a novel and it's it's fiction. But anyway, but it's interesting because my I bet these books are read at the War College. They're read, you know, in the various military and, you know, the National Security Agency and everything. I bet these books are read avidly, you know, Mm -hmm. and they're used almost like textbooks, you know, that novelists are thinking through scenarios, which, you know, which military planners may have not gotten to, and they're thinking, yeah. I meant to ask you, Dan, you know, going forward now, like looking into next year, after we've been kind of uncertain for two years, we're still kind of uncertain going into this year now, whether Mm -hmm. it could Mm -hmm. go either way, right? We could be at the lull or it could be a new Omicron revival where now we've got another another Mm -hmm. big curve to flatten. What has changed about the way that you've done, looked at your year now? Because I know you're really, among anybody I know, you have the most, sort of tightly scheduled, I don't tightly, I don't mean that in a bad way, I mean proactively scheduled year of anybody I know, even in terms of to down to podcast recording mm-hmm. times. What how What's changed about your approach to your well, year? Well, I think, now, uh, now? of course, responding over the last 20 months, we took out a quarter, so when... COVID happened at the first part of March. We just took out a quarter and moved everything forward. Mm-hmm. And so there were no, there was actually no delivery of workshops promised during <clears throat> during March, April, and May of uh, 2020. And what we did mm-hmm. is we said, we're just shoving everybody's active year ahead by one quarter. So if you were going to renew during the next quarter, that's now postponed until the next quarter. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we experimented with were two-hour workshops just to maintain contact with everybody. Uh In other words, we said uh, we're we're trying out a new form, and we just experimented with two-hour sessions, which we had never done before and certainly not on Zoom. And so, you know, by six weeks of doing this, I said, well, an actual workshop is just two and a half, two hour workshops. 
You know, mm-hmm. so I, I know the forum, I know the structure. And so we went back to full schedule of workshops, but in a Zoom format, three months. And then we went full and we've been full, you know, since um, June of last year. We've, we've maintained mm-hmm. the full schedule right up until now. And we do about 500 full day workshops every year with all the coaches, with, you know, yeah. with all the different cities. And what we're doing now, right as a point, is that we're with just looking at me as the coach. And I have, in the year right now, I have 50, 50. So I'm, I'm about a tenth. I'm about a tenth of the events, and I'm probably about a seventh or I have about one, one seventh of the actual clients or customers. In other words, my workshops tend to be bigger. And yeah. other coaches, and yeah. so in every case with a coach that has workshops, we're putting in a backup Zoom session for people during the quarter going forward who still choose for one reason or another, or are prevented from actually doing their live workshop. So your workshop is still going to be guaranteed, but it's going to be Zoom rather than in person. And uh, mm-hmm. so going forward, that's our only. You know, it's basically our only, I would say, strategy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. do you have? But we're. I'm always you have, a year ahead. I'm always a year ahead with everything yeah. that's scheduled. So, you know, our workshops for me are scheduled a year ahead. My podcasts, all the other podcasts, are scheduled a year ahead, and yeah. all the workshops, uh, the books, and everything else is a year ahead because the. It's predictable. These are predictable activities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, this is, it's good to see. Yeah. Now, do you, when you say 50 workshops, do you have 50 workshop days next year or is that 200 workshop days? No, 50 because it's 13 per quarter. These are the full workshops. I see what you mean. So January, uh, December and January, this is the quarter that I'm in right now. Yeah. I have I have 11 10 times workshops and two free zone workshops. Mm-hmm. And then just multiplied by four, and that's the year. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I have the same number of two-hour connector calls. So it's 52 of those. So I have 104 events, but, you know, those are – I can have two of those on one day. One in mm-hmm. the morning, one in the afternoon. Yeah, right. But anyway, and so we'll. Yeah, I mean, we'll go forward. You know, we'll go forward with it. But I'm keeping my reactiveness to a very. I'm noticing. I'm keeping my reactive. I'm not. You know, being pop, being uh, <laughs> ready for anything that can happen. And the reason is it hasn't happened. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I mean, your Colby profile and my Colby profile are very close to each other in our general temperament, very close to each other. And it's impossible for me, and I think it's impossible for you, to do too much research before reality has happened. Right. So I have to go in motion first to figure out whether I'm on the right path or not, but I can't mm-hmm. think beforehand what is the right path. I said, well, I don't have any, I don't have any experience as actual research. And yeah, and I've certainly spent 
years making up things that didn't happen. So I've decided not to do that. Right, exactly. Huh. And how many quarters well, one thing, are you? You want a lot of cash. You want a lot of cash stockpiled. You want a lot of cash. Stockpiled. In other words, oh, stockpiled. Whatever yeah, happens, you've got the right. you've got the cash to deal with it. So that's total the, cash uh, confidence. That's the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. says a lot. That's absolutely true. That's yeah. something. Yeah. What? How? You mentioned you got thirty or forty book ideas there. How many do you have? Well, these are the, what, uh, the, yeah, the, the situation of how you select which one. How many do you have stacked up ahead that you well, know? Not this more is, than this uh, is the order kind than, of thing. Yeah, not more than the next one. I mean, I've got okay. a, a growing list to choose from. Yeah, um, but um, you know, <clears throat> as I get through. Uh, halfway through this quarter, I know what the name of the next one is going to be. You know, I got so, you. Okay, yeah. So we just came out with one that was um, distributed starting beginning of December called American Happiness. Okay, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, that'll come in your package for your, mm-hmm. for your workshop. And um, and the next one, which I'm yeah, approaching halfway completed in terms of cartoons and text <coughs> is called uh, Collaboration Ground Rules. It's just mm-hmm. kind of what I picked up about all the different examples of collaboration. And, you know, this seems to work regardless of what it's about. And yeah, uh, so keep these things in mind. And, <clears throat> and then I'm tending towards uh, the next book being Not Being Bothered, you know, which was a workshop uh, workshop exercise. And, yeah. uh, you know, the thing is, you're bothered. Tell me all the things you're bothered about. Oh, I'm bothered about this. I'm bothered about this. I'm bothered about this. I say, okay, choose one of them. And somebody chooses it. Well, I'm bothered about this. Okay. Let me just ask you a question. If you weren't bothered by this, what kind of action would you be taking you know, to do something about the situation. Well, I would do this and this and this if I wasn't mm-hmm. bothered. And I said, now, okay, so you've identified sort of the hows that you would be doing. Now, who would be the whos that the, could actually handle those hows so that uh, you, you, all you have to do is identify the hows and the whos can take care of it. And I said, well, we get so and so about and everything. I said, good. Now let's go back to the thing that bothered you. Having thought through what the action steps are and who's going to take the action steps, are you still bothered? And I said, no, I'm not bothered by it at all. Yeah. So I said, the bother isn't about the thing itself. The bother is that you feel paralyzed or you feel stuck. And, yeah. You don't see any way forward. And I, I think actually what bothers everybody almost about anything is that they don't see any they don't see any possible effective action or decisions in a situation. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah, and often just even shining a light on it, it's yeah, you're not really yeah. uh concerned about yeah. it now. But there's sort hmm. of a, a button that gets pushed in us when we're bothered that somehow our 
natural ability to be a problem solver or a strategist gets turned off and we feel really anxious and we feel really bothered when that button is disabled. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's it's interesting how this whole I, I mean it's funny because this time of year now, like, you know, we're really faced with, you know, for me now, looking forward that I, you know, I had this event here, but we ended up with one announcement, 25% of a quarter of the people were dropped uh, out from news or fear of news or some change of something like that. And I started thinking about the thinking, rethinking my live event policy, you know, of doing, you know, knowing that doesn't happen in Cloudlandia, that yeah. the virtual events, you know, never happen the way that we, you never run into that mm-hmm. um, issue, mm-hmm. you know, that always, the weather's always fine in, in the cloud. Sorry, one second, Dan. Yeah, just right there is fine. Sorry, we're on delivery here, Dan, I'm in the courtyard. Thank you. Yeah, it was a delivery. And so the, you know, idea of having certainty with the schedule, knowing the virtual ones, you can, I can have certainty on the schedule. Mm -hmm. No, um, you know, and knowing that it's going to be fine. Because I had my, at an event in end of February schedule, which is a little bit bigger event for our real estate agents, but where that would be more problematic if you had 25% of a larger group of, of people not able to make it, that becomes mm-hmm. a, a bigger, uh, that becomes mm-hmm. a bigger thing, you know? So I immediately, I've switched that. I'm just going to do that virtual. And I kind of made this decision that we you know, do the live events when it's, when we're back to everybody's on that, that certainty level again. Yeah. The one thing uh, may not the one be thing that year, we're, yeah. yeah. The one thing that we're not going to do is do hybrids where right. uh, with the same event, we have people in person and also people virtual. Yeah. It's hundred, you know, it's a hundred percent. And I've been in a number of events where that happened and it's very distracting. To, I've noticed the person is running the event. It's very distracting for them and it's disjointed. I've noticed that the kind of the day it's choppy as you go through the day. And, and it's weird because the, the person who's the head person, if they're the coach or they're the, you know, the MC or the, the facilitator, uh, you find them behaving during the day towards one of them that doesn't make sense with the other one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and I said, make them, it's a choice, choose one or the other, but I'd like to get both. And I said, well, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I'd like to be here, but I'd like to be somewhere else at the same time. I said, yeah. I thought about that in 77 years, haven't been able to pull it off. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I said, we have all these 
Willy Wonka dreams, but uh, you know yeah. that's why we call them fiction. <laughs> right, exactly. Or fantasy. That's why we call yeah. them fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they're kind of titillating, but they're not really, really possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's. I mean, personally, I don't feel that much shortchanged virtually. And we've talked about this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go right. into it in great detail, but right. it's not like uh, people say, well, it's not like people are really there. And I said, of course it does. feels totally like they're totally there. Yeah. And, you know, and I said, but I do notice that when I'm in person, there are dimensions of communication that are not there when it's virtual. There's side conversations and you know, and off, you know, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> off focus conversations. And I said, and that's cool. You know, I, I don't have any problem with that. But right. I said, on the other hand, with virtual things happen much more crisply and yeah. there isn't these wasted, what I would say, transfer moments when you're transferring from one experience to another. It's just, it's just a click in your back. And, uh, I really don't know. Flying. I flying to New York and Boston for one trip and flying to, uh, Scottsdale for another one. Just huge amount of wasted time to get yeah, in there. Surprised. Have you done, come on board with the, with the jet situation or you haven't wrapped your mind around that yet? No, because we've, you know, we've just traveled once. I mean, we have a, Porter, who you know, who meets us at the door yeah. and handles all the baggage and everything. So yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's not that you know, but you know, yeah, when it becomes, you know, I think you know, when it becomes a big enough thing, I'll look at it again and see if there's right. an advantage to it. Yeah, right. But yeah, and you know, I mean, I was the one who says who said a week before COVID shut down that, but probably we would never do virtual workshops. Yes, exactly. So right, I remember that. Yeah, that's that's how good my uh, grasp of the future is. Right, but the good news is that you have the ability to be firm in a position, and then on new information make an adjustment. Yeah, and that's. I think that's really the best place to be is to be at least heading in a direction. Yeah. Yeah, and committed to it, and really, it changes. I mean, it changes the way that you think about things. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like that's the kind of thing because there's a lot of uncertainty as I'm planning my calendar this year. As I'm looking through, do I start now, saying, "Hey, maybe I'm coming to London, or maybe I'm coming to Sydney," if everything you know, yeah. I mean, Sydney's still on lockdown right now, and London is, you know, they're politically everything is up in the air and the way they're yeah. handling all of this. So at this point in the year, even though these things would be, you know, at least six months to nine months from now, it's not probably, it's 50 50, probably, whether that would be a, uh, uh, viable thing. So in my mind, am I better going in and saying, I'm not doing any international live events this year? Uh, 
and maybe next year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of interest, interesting. And I think that we've enjoyed conversing over a couple of decades simply because we have a similar approach to where we're public and where we're private. You know, in other words, that what I've noticed, just because you have this very unusual period to bounce things off of, that I'm far more public in relationship to my work than I've ever been in my life. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just, uh, you know, <clears throat> I'm at them all day. I mean, there's Facebooks going out, there's Twitters going out, there's mm-hmm. YouTube videos going out, there's podcasts going out, and then the, there's books and everything else. But in my private or personal life, we have a small circle that we interact with on a social basis. And, you know, never was a socializer right. very much, but it's been much more clearly defined during this period. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is that it's going to stay this way after the <clears throat> restrictions are lifted and you, you more or less have the choice to go back to how you want to live your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoy spending time by myself. Yeah. Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's. Uh, I think. Uh, did he say? I know Pascal. They said that the number one reason, the number one cause of people's problems is that they can't spend time, the time contentedly with themselves. <laughs> mm, that's Something true. like that, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was in French anyway, so. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's just so much. Yeah. I just feel like, wow, this has been, it's coming up on two years now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what are you finding, Dan, with the, because we're doing the summit in, in February. Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Palm February, Beach, yeah, how are you finding the- reaction so far? Oh, people excited. People excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the one thing you know, Florida is not going to be closed down. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. Wild West. Yeah. Well, you know, the governor just made a stand that uh, this was going to be the position. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, you know, and how people think about that or anything. I said, well, look. Uh, they said, well, you know, I'm not certain about this. And I said, well, all the people who are certain will be there. So I said, <clears throat> you know, so it's, you know, if you're not certain and <clears throat> your uncertainty is going to extend to while you're being there, it's probably better to be certain about not being there, you know, yeah. mean, if, if it's going to cause an issue. And yeah. I said, besides, if you think you're missing something, just add a, uh, five more years to your lifetime extender and you won't have lost anything. That's true. That's exactly right. It's just extended out. And what a what an amazing yeah. time to have that opportunity right now, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's certainly <clears throat> uh, health and fitness and... <clears throat> Knowing the truth about things is certainly a top of mind right now. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we're up to, we're going to go out. Your name is on the list. Is your name on the list of being informed about this? About which? No, the new program, the Lifetime Extender program. To be informed about it? Yes. No, but what we asked, if you want to be first to know uh, about it, uh, and your name is, we have oh, a name. I see what so you're got about oh. we got about 140 out of the 200. We're going to have 200. We have about 140 who said, yeah, definitely, as soon as you're ready, oh, we'll gotcha. do. So they get the notice a week before anybody else does. I gotcha. Uh, no, I haven't. I'm not on the list. All right. There we go. Yep. <clears throat> then so, you'll find out. But if you tell me you're on the list, then tomorrow you're on the list. But if you don't tell me you're on the list, then <laughs> you're true. on the second list. The second <laughs> list. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but we've already, you know, we're already establishing a really great relationship with a organization called Inside Tracker. Mm -hmm. uh, which I, I think I've explained this in the workshops, but, you know, they do a really great first 80 percent, 43 markers. You know, these are blood test determined markers. And the reason why they chose these 43 is that they're all improvable by change of personal lifestyle habits, mm. you know, sleep, food, exercise. And you can improve all 43 of these. OK, so it doesn't mm -hmm. require special procedures or special supplements or special. Right. And then they just coach you on if there are other things that um, you want to know, then you're going to have to go deeper with other specialists. But they're just going to do a good uh, first 80%. Yeah, and, you know, and everything related, virtually everything related to, you know, blood circulation and cholesterol and, you know, thing is on their list and then they, they give you a lot of coaching. But mm -hmm. I've been really totally impressed with their customer service and the speed of their turn turnaround and everything. So Babs and I did it. They come to your house, they do the blood test, local blood test, service comes, they take the blood and five days later we had our report. Yeah. And the most has been about ten days. That mm -hmm. other people have gone spent ten days and terrific website. They have a terrific app, and you know, on the earth. What was the website? Yeah, it's called InsideTracker.com. Okay, yeah. two words: oh. InsideTracker.com. And uh, tell them well, you're with Strategic Coach because we have a special deal with them if you're Strategic Coach. And we have we have a code, but I don't have the code in my head here sitting at home today. So right. uh, I could, you know, I, tomorrow we could send you the code if you want to just look out, look into it. Well, you can just go. They have a really great website. So you can yeah, go perfect. to the website. Yeah, and do it. I mean, it's very yeah. informative. And mm -hmm. they've been up for about since 08, I think. So they're about 13 years. And and. So they were one of the presentations that we saw on uh, the Peter Diamanda's VIP trip, Breakthrough Health. And I said, this is a good one. And if you go, they have sort of an ultimate version, which is four times a year. And they'll give you your what's called your inner age. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's the difference between your 
chronological age and your yeah. I remember you had age. said your inner age was like sixty three or something. Uh, yeah, well, this one showed me at sixty um, sixty eight. So okay, it wasn't as good as one that I did. The last one I did was about two years ago. So I may have aged mm-hmm. <laughs> five years. Right, right, right. <laughs> Over that time. But it's a useful thing, and, and if you compare it every, and then it says, well, you know, knock off some carbs, you know, get better sleep, do more exercise, and it'll be affected the yeah. next time you do it. So the thing I love about it, it's under 3000 If you get the ultimate version, it's under 3000 a year, U.S. And, mm-hmm. and it's just a really nice outside reference point in addition to our discussions about the mindsets of life extension and and the mindsets of age reversal you know yeah so i just before we go i in the 10 times workshop for this quarter i put in an exercise size called what needs fixing (laughs) what needs uh, fixing yes yeah so i said you know if it is true and i believe it is that virtually anything that ails you can be improved over the next five years or so, and that the facilities and the resources and the new tricks are going to be available for doing that, then how would you prioritize what gets fixed first, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I have my baby, which is missing cartilage, and I have reduced flexibility because in the same period when I tore my cartilage is 45 years ago, I also broke both of my Achilles tendons. So I, my flexibility and my, and it affects a lot of things, you know, it affects your desire to exercise for one thing and anyway so i I said i'm going after those first and then um i could get a little bit more coaching on the kind of diet that would give me more energy and everything Mm -hmm. so i have a list of and everybody in the room put down three things and Mm -hmm. uh, somebody said you know when i first saw this i i don't know if i have anything that needs fixing and then uh, I had to remind myself that I can only see in one eye. <laughs> oh my goodness! He hasn't right, been right. able to see in one eye. Hasn't been able to see in one eye for ten years, and his knees are shot. And right, you know, and he's got chronic lower back pain. And, and yeah, uh, he said, but but he said in my mind that was just the price I was paying for being sixty-seven years old. Yeah, and I said. Yeah, well, that's a normal conversation that goes back a hundred million years. Right. <laughs> but I said maybe it's possible now not to have that conversation with yourself, to have another conversation. And yeah, isn't that so. funny? That's the whole that scan. It's funny that you kind of say that. I, we're doing a a book with with Dr. Denise Warden, and yeah, she's we're talking about the six signals. Uh, so this is six signals your body sends when something isn't right. And that's an oh, interesting. Like I would really like to read that book. It's a great title, isn't it? But that's yeah. the kind of thing like what you were just saying, like looking in these categories of your sleep. And if they're yeah. broad swaths of things, how are you sleeping? Mm-hmm. How are you pooping? How are you in pain? Yeah. How's your energy? Yeah. Are you, you know, yeah. I mean, this? how's your stomach? 
your gut yeah. feeling. Look at your body. How's your inflammation? There's things that yeah. these are signals that your body's sending that are like directional flags saying, here's something that might need to be fixed. When I hear you say what needs to be fixed, that's kind of, it's that same mindset that it's like. Well, um, it's the same thing. Uh, a lot of people have, uh, first of all, they, uh, they're tired of other people talking about it. And so they turn yeah. off their own personal signals. And I said, yeah. you know, maybe there was a good rationale for doing that when there isn't, mm -hmm. there wasn't any possibility that these things could be fixed. But now that they are, maybe you can now uh, start paying closer attention. You know, At least you can go down the path of doing it. So you'll yeah. we'll have the book yeah. and then have a scorecard. Where Is it Denise? D-E-N-I-S-E? D-O-N. Donise. Yeah, D-O-N-E-S-E. D-O-N-I-S-E. E-S-E. Okay. And then Wagner, right? No, Warden, W-O-R-D-E-N, Donise Warden. Okay. Yeah, See, I, she's, I, um, I she's in Genius Network, and okay. um, you, you may have seen one of her 10-minute uh, talks. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah, this whole – but that's the fun – you know, it's it's a really good starting position. Oh, sure. Start. Start with that. What's going on? Mm -hmm. It gives you an awareness yeah. of where you're at right yeah. now. And then yeah. prioritize what needs to actually what, – what, and there's a lot of domino effect stuff. Like we're learning more and more about inflammation. And if you just get rid of inflammation, so much of the other stuff falls into place. Yeah, well – A lot of that all comes you know, down to that. I've gotten laughs for I've gotten laughs for 32 years when I say you know how many of you when you're fatigued other people choose that uh, to be the time when they get stupid right <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's not funny that's what they choose that's right yeah I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with you but why do they always choose this moment to get really <laughs> yeah. Non-functional, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's just an interesting discussion, you know. And, yeah. And you know, and and one guy, you know, we're charging ten thousand for the new program. I mean, and yeah. somebody said, "Well, I'm spending about fifty thousand a year shortening my life. Uh, maybe I should just take ten thousand of that and put it, put it over on the other side." Shortening? What do you mean? Oh, the uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's yeah. got bad. You know, he's doing things that are injuring. You know, it's shortening right. his life. So yeah, right, yeah. right. Anyway, but reallocation uh, definitely, definitely. I think that um, you know things are certainly possible that weren't possible five years ago, and that'll be even more true five years from now. So yeah. you know, but only those who have a mindset for taking advantage and utilizing breakthroughs will be interested in them. That's right. That's All righty. Right. Okay, so uh, we move through next, an hour. Uh, we move through an hour same, very quickly. Yep, yep. Same I'm, time next week. Same time next week.